So the party has begun and uh, we get to be part of it. The call, it's called the kingdom of God. And, and as we uh, walk through this tonight, we're gonna look first at three different stories in the Old Testament that portray the generosity of God. Then we're gonna look at a few New Testament thoughts um, after that. The fundamental belief that I have in this is that if we're going to become the kind of generous people that God wants us to be, it has to start with us tasting, experiencing, and embracing the generosity of God. We have to, to lock in on, understand, and taste the generosity of our Father. So our first story from the Old Testament comes out of Deuteronomy 14. You know, when Israel went into the promised land, the world was, had an enormous amount of slavery going on. I, I've read that it could be, don't know for sure, but it could be that as much as a third of the world were slaves. And I think that God wanted to turn that upside down through his people and through his generosity. And the way he started that was by telling his children, the Israelites, that when you have a slave on the seventh year, I want you to let, it, let him go, release him. That was the first thing, but the second thing was even more interesting. Because in Deuteronomy 15, listen to these words of how they're to let them go. When they let them go, what are they to do by way of blessing the slave? It says, when you let him go free from you, you shall not let him go empty-handed you shall furnish him liberally out of your flock, out of your threshing floor, and out of your wine press. As the Lord your God has blessed you, you shall give to him. That's out of everything you have, your flock, your grains, and your wine. And that's probably not just give them a couple of lambs and a bottle of wine. <laughs> it's probably a little bit more abundant than that when he says, furnish him liberally out of those three areas. I, <clears throat> you know, I think that if you were in a surrounding nation and you heard what the Israelites were doing, um, what would, you, what would you think about that? Would you not have thought, you know, you Israelites are kind of weird. Where, where did you come up with that idea? And what kind of God are you serving? Among other descriptions, I think that the Israelites could and should say to that person, that foreigner, we serve a very generous God and he wants to be that generous to you, too. 
So that's one example, one story. Second story comes out of that famous chapter in Psalm 23. I'm gonna read it to you in a different version. I'm gonna read it to you in the message. So just listen to this version of Psalm 23. But again, I want you to listen to it with a different ear, with different ears. Not what you get, but what, does these, what do these verses tell me about the heart of God, the generosity of God? God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction, even when the way goes through death, serve me six ounce, six course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head, my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I am back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. That incredible generosity that God has that kind of intimacy, care, support, relationship, shepherding with his children. So picture with me a scene where David, King David, who wrote that, he's just finished writing it. And let's say he has a conversation with God in, uh, after writing it and saying, so God, do you think I captured your heart accurately? Do you think I captured your heart of generosity accurately? Do you think that God's response to David, if that were to have happened, was, um, yeah, you know, David, I, I think you better tone that down a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm a good God, but I don't wanna set people's expectations too high in that because you know it's always better to under-promise and over-deliver, right? I actually think he said to David, David, you nailed it. You truly are a man after my heart. <clears throat> so let's go to our third story. So hundreds of years go by where the Israelites are in the promised land and they <clears throat> have not been following God's plan for them to be generous and give tithes and offerings. And, <clears throat> and so in Malachi 3, God says to them, put me to the test if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear. Then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight says the Lord. <clears throat> Doesn't that sound to you like a God of generosity, of abundance? Not just to Israel, but to the whole earth? 
Is it possible that God wants his children, us, in today's church, to be a land of delight? For Hope Church to be a place of delight to Houston? And maybe what we do with our generosity of our time, talent, and treasure will impact that deeply. You know, there's so much more in the Old Testament about the heart of God and the generosity of God. Um, But let's toggle now to a, a few verses in the New Testament that really hit on the generosity of God. Matthew 7, if you then, be being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? What a generous-hearted Father. I, I love how God directs our focus to the one thing we are all generous with and to our children. He knows that our understanding of generosity can connect with his heart of generosity if he connects with our kids. Because he knows we have generosity in our hearts for our kids. And he's saying, how much more does he have a generous heart to give good things to his children. Romans 10 says that God bestows his riches on all who call him. I love that word riches in the context of them being God's riches. It reflects to me a God that wants me to have an experience far more than I'm currently asking for or experiencing. That verse said that we we need to ask, call on him, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. I'm gonna pause for just a minute and, and pray. And, and if this prayer resonates with your heart, just pray it silently along with me to actually implement that verse, to actually call on him to bestow his riches. Father, <clears throat> I'm grateful You are full of riches. Thank you for inviting me to ask for your riches. By faith, I ask you right now to bestow on me your riches at a deeper level. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know, I think as the Bible Project video 
hit on the greatest act of generosity of God has to be his becoming a man, entering our world, entering our pain, entering our struggle, showing us how to fight the forces of darkness and showing us how to love God and love people. And then dying in our place to pay for our sins. Listen to that most famous verse in John 3, read slowly, and listen to it through the lens of the generosity of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's an incredible, incredible expression of the generosity of God. So is there a verse in the Bible anywhere that ties together God's generosity and our best response to that generosity. For me, the, the verse that does that best is 1 Timothy 6, 17. So let me read that to you. It says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be arrogant, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything, everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. What do these verses highlight about the character and the nature and the heart of God? If I truly believe that we live in a world of generosity and abundance and not scarcity, and that our Father has a heart of abundance, could that possibly change our attitude and cause us to give generously of our time, our money, and even our speech. If God is generous, and I'm on the path of becoming like Christ, as Romans 8 says I should be, then I should be becoming more generous. So a good question to ask is, am I more generous today than I was five years ago. And this is not just about money. I need to be more generous with my time, with my words. Do I give more words of encouragement today than I did five years ago? Do I build people up more today than I did five years ago? 
relative to being more generous with money, I'm challenged by something that Pastor Craig Grishel said. He said, our tendency is to say, when I have more money, I will give more. Craig went on to say, that is not how the generous think. Generosity isn't about what you have. And I can say that I've been there. I've been there in saying, when I have more, I'll be more generous. And that's not where I wanna, that's not where I wanna be. I don't think that's where you wanna be. He said, that's not how the generous think. So if you're like me, you're thinking, you know, I have a long way to go on this generosity journey. At times, um, I feel like I'm just getting started on the journey. Even doing this preparation for tonight just brought back that feeling again of feeling like, man, I've got a long way to go in this generosity journey. Fortunately, there are inspiring families and couples that have gone before us, even like Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, who now gives away 91% of his income. So this, this journey of tasting the generosity of God and then allowing that to change us, to make us more generous. Let's do this journey together, Hope Church, as a body. Let's declare that we have an amazingly generous God, that he wants our generosity to be an overflow of first receiving from his generosity, that it is a lifelong process and it is incremental step by step, which leads us then to say, what is the next step of generosity he wants you to take? He said he loves a cheerful giver, so he wants us to enjoy the generosity ride and enjoy him more and more in the process. So what is your generosity story? Do you see God as generous? I started writing out the ways I have experienced the generosity of God, and I currently have a list of 16 ways that God has been generous to me over my lifetime. Another way that the, another, another thing that impacts gener, uh, points of generosity of God to me are the one another passages in the New Testament. Those are not just something to do for one another, but many of those verses see God as meeting that need and loving me. When you think about Romans 15, accept one another 
because you have been accepted in Christ. So, so God is generously, actively meeting my need for acceptance. Comfort one another as you've been comforted by God. God is generously, actively comforting me and has comforted Stacy and I so many times over the years. He has, his generosity in meeting our needs has been incredible. His generosity in living out, helping me to understand that all things do work together for good to those who love him. You know, that's a, that's a display of the generosity of God. The fact that God could take our pain and actually do something redemptive with it is incredible. It's incredible generosity on his part because in this world, we're going to have pain and God knows it and God wants us to heal from it and he wants us to find redemptive things from it and that's his generous heart to bring that about. You know, over the over the months ahead, um, we're going to have a lot more conversation at Hope about money. And that's not because we need more money for the new building that we're moving into, but it's because there's over 2,300 verses in the Bible about money, more than almost any topic. So God wants us to talk about it. So let's do that. Let's talk more and more about money. Let's talk about it in our, in our discipleship groups. Let's talk about it in our community group. And maybe a good question to ask in your discipleship group is, what is your generosity story? How do you see the generosity of God? Do you see God as a generous God? Are you experiencing the generosity of God? Talk about your generosity story with your closest friends in your discipleship group. So as we close, let me, let me ask you to just close your eyes for a minute and <clears throat> sit with God for just a minute. And as you sit with your father, with your generous God, let him speak to you. Ask him to speak to you. Let him encourage you where you have grown over the last five years in your generosity. Maybe your generosity of money, maybe your generosity of time, maybe your generosity of, of even your voices, your, your words. Stacy has been, over the last five years, as I've thought about this, has become 
increasingly generous with her words to me. It's been a huge blessing to just experience God's generosity through her over these last five years. So let God speak to you about the next step for you to take on the journey. Let him encourage you and then let him speak to you about what is the next step. Take a couple of minutes to just sit with him and and pray and talk to him and listen to him. Father, we thank you that you are the most generous being in our lives. And yet at the same time, Father, we, we just confess that we struggle at times to see that, to believe that, to embrace that. Because some of the pain that we're going through and have been through feels like we wouldn't have gone through it if, if your generosity had been a little more front and center, more direct, more generous. Father, would you help us to see your generosity in the midst of our pain, in the midst of living in a fallen world? Thank you that your heart is for us and that you want us to be rich, intimate with you. Father, bless us with that richness that our our souls might be less entangled with the world's goods because we see that the, the world's goods don't don't make us rich in our soul, in our heart. It's only that intimacy with you. It's only being with you that we experience what our heart really, really wants. Thank you, Jesus, that what our heart wants deepest is what you want for us. So we ask for it now. In Jesus' name, amen.
Could I ask our um, prayer team to come on up and, uh, and let's close out our time with, um, with a couple of songs of worship. And, and as God may have stirred something in you um, tonight relative to God's generosity and how that overflows to you, come up and ask uh, for prayer and just ask for God to um, just drive that understanding of his generosity to a new level and to cause your generosity to just flow out to the next step, whatever that is. So let's stand and, uh, and sing together. Thank you.